0: Hey, Chloe, what is the basic building block for a biblical society? You know what? That's the nuclear family. So let's talk about that. Politics, culture, faith, and so much more. This is Fact of Life with Chloe Noller and Mattingly Watson on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.
1: Welcome back, Fact of Life fam. We are so excited to be back in the studio recording Fact of Life episodes for you all. It's been a while. It's actually been a really long time since we've done this. And
0: we have so much good
1: stuff in store for you.
0: Yeah, we are so excited to be back. We have some great next episodes planned. We are going to be doing a series on the nuclear family. Um, and I yeah, I'm so excited for this one. We're really going to dig deep, you know, get into the history like we always like to do. That's right. That's
1: right. Just so you know, we're down to 22-minute segments now. I uh, decided that it'd be more manageable for our school schedules and everything we have on our plates that we're, that we're juggling. So, Um, But I think this is going to be good. It allows us to uh, dive deeply into subjects quickly, and I think it'll be good for you guys, too. So we're excited about that. Start us
0: off, though, Maddie Grace. Tell us about the nuclear family. Exactly. You know, we were looking at this topic, looking at topics we wanted to do starting back after our hiatus. We wanted to do something that, you know, applies to all of us, whether we realize it or not. Something that is plugging us, something that society is trying to tell us is not necessary. But when you really look at it and you take off the the blinders that are ignorance, you realize that the nuclear family is essential for a productive and biblical society. That's right. I mean,
1: literally, the roots of the family are in the Garden of Eden. This Mm -hmm. is where God proclaimed the the different roles of men and women and and established marriage. He, He gave Adam as a helper the woman. And Mm -hmm. the two were to be wed. He said, God speaks in Genesis 2.18. He says, it is not good that the man should be alone. After bringing every animal to him to be named and judged, the result is there was not a helper fit for him. That is Genesis 2.20. And so God creates the woman from from one of his ribs. And in Genesis 2.24, this is the the family order here that God, God proclaims, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. that's genesis two twenty four again. So at the very basic level here, the family is established in the Garden of Eden as God's perfect plan for humanity.
0: What I have found really cool is, you know, if you go to Mark ten verses six through nine, God references back to what Chloe just read for us here. It's actually Jesus speaking here, and he says, From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. I think it's really awesome. You know, you see a lot of this in the Bible, though. The parallels are overflowing from the Bible, but I absolutely love this. Because, you know, we can read Genesis and we see quite mm-hmm. obviously that God laid this out. He made mm-hmm. Eve for Adam. But then in Mark, Jesus has come and he's bringing it back. He, he's referencing it again. He references the beginning of creation when he made them, made male and female and just so clearly states. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He so clearly states that they were created for one another. Mm-hmm. You know, a man leaves his father and mother. There's mm-hmm. one nuclear family and goes and creates a new one with his wife. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and isn't that interesting that he says leave the mother and
0: father? Like mm-hmm. even in
1: even in establishing marriage he already is saying like when you have children they will like your sons will leave you to marry and and you will leave the mother and father and the the, the, the husband and wife will become one flesh. I just I mm-hmm. love that he already says that in that
0: in that quote. Yes, exactly. And one thing I found absolutely incredible looking into this and I don't know why my brain had never thought through this before it's probably obvious but is looking into even just the name nuclear family Mm -hmm. um this this comes because the the model of the nuclear family is supposed to be the family as a nucleus you know which like Mm -hmm. the center of the atom and I was reading an article um on a website called growing faith but they said the nucleus needs an atom. So it's not just the fact of, oh, like, I think we get caught up on, oh, there needs to be a father and a mother and kids and all that. And that is very important. Mm -hmm. But we also need to recognize that there is a purpose too. And, you know, in this biblical society, one where we're glorifying God and following his commands, that atom that you know, we're, we're working with, you know, it could be the church, our community, but the point is it's not just an, an idol entity. The nuclear family is not an idle entity, but it instead is a strong force for change in the world to reflect the light of Christ. Mm-hmm.
1: It's right. And I think it's really interesting too. I, as I was kind of digging into this, um, and Stephen Wedgworth in an article on desiringgod.org is talking about the family and, you know, he, he mentions that, you know, this original pair, of course, was created for the purpose. Um, and God says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's Genesis 1, 28. So he's, he's, you know, referencing here as the language of Genesis 5, 1 through 3 also makes clear the male and the female who were made in the likeness of God make children after their own image and likeness. But then he goes on to say something he's referencing a book called The Christian Family, And he says, um, this is by Herman Bavnik. He says, the two-in-oneness of husband and wife expands with a child into three-in-oneness. Father, mother, and child are all one soul and one flesh, expanding and unfolding the one image of God, united within threefold diversity and diverse with harmonic unity. I just thought this was a really interesting take. Um, You know, God is three persons. He's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But... um, as we are made in the image of God, there are so many ways, so many ways, and we discover them all the time. But that we reflect God because we are made in His image. There are aspects of us, like that they are our desire to create, um, our reason, our ability to communicate. These are all things that are a result of being made in the image of God. But this family also uniquely represents the Trinity um, of God, and and um, it's just really beautiful. Like there's the the mother and the father and. And they have a child. And, you know, you, you can't just like equiv- like equivocate that to the Trinity and be like, oh yeah, it's a perfect example. Because the Trinity is not like a mother, father, and son at all. But it is really, it's really interesting and it's unique that you can kind of see that Trinitarian theology even within the basic structure of the family. Um, even if, you know, you can't equivocate the, a family structure to the Trinity itself. But that's another way in which we're reflecting this,
0: this uh, truth about God. Exactly. Um, it, it's so, so interesting to me. You know, looking back, we obviously God created Eve for Adam because he realized that Adam couldn't do it on his own. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times our society will tell us like, oh, whatever way like you think is best, like that is your family whether it's two women as the parents or it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, some couples even have three parents these days Um, or, you know, couples choosing to like couples choosing for the parents to split for arbitrary reasons. Obviously, there are some valid reasons, but for, you know, arbitrary reasons, splitting up the family, that kind of thing. But even looking at 1 Corinthians 7, I mean, God really offers two options here. Um, he's talking about how, you know, a uh, women, a wife and her husband should leave their families and come to one another. But he also talks about the fact that, you know, some people are better off leading single lives, but mm-hmm. for, you know, for the glory of God. But mm-hmm. his two options are either A, get married, create a family, serve the Lord, or remain single, serve the Lord. mm mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's it. There's mm-hmm. not any of these other options here. And what I found really interesting is looking at a lot of modern day articles now. I was reading one earlier um from a, a site called Medium, and the title of the article was Abolish the Family, Build Our Communities, Why the Nuclear Family is Unsustainable and How to Destroy It. Mm. And part of the argument here was that the nuclear family only came around, it was something in the last few thousand years, and a a lot of this argument was based on Marxism. I looked at it, I was like, have you read the Bible? Like, even if you're not a Christian, there's still, like, you can still read the Bible and very much so see that these teachings and, like, this solid family was even if it didn't have the word nuclear, like you still see, you just like study and see that this was around literally in like the BC years.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean the the family like we've we've said is back in Genesis. It's established in Genesis, and so it's just ridiculously ignorant to say that the family is unsustainable. Like it, mm-hmm. it goes back to the very beginning of time, and I just think that it's also it's also interesting. I've been seeing videos recently of you know women that are like. I I saw one specifically. She's like 29, and she's like, I just want to like point out that I'm 29 and I don't have any kids and I'm not married. And I just got to like go to a Beyonce concert last night and got home at like 1 a.m. and I didn't have to get like a babysitter for the kids. And I got home and I just like slept until 10 a.m. And I saw like this video about making like the specific food that I wanted to make. So I was like, I'll make it today because I can live my own life and do whatever I want because I don't have any kids and I'm not married. And I was like, how sad to mm-hmm. live a life like that. And I think also the point that she's, if she's making this video, she's trying to prove to us that she's fine. I don't think you truly are. Yeah. Like we all desire this community in, inside of us, but mm-hmm. you it, just it see is from
0: human desire. Right.
1: It is. It is. God, God created us to be in community with each other. He said, it's not good that Adam is alone. and And not to say that, there are people who aren't called to lead a single life. That's absolutely true. God uses mm-hmm. many people in different callings
0: for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. But even from a non-biblical perspective, if you just look like psychologically, like psychologically, the experts will tell you that being like a part of a community mm-hmm. and being engaged in this way, like mm-hmm. helps stimulates us and, and makes us happier. All of that kind of thing, right? I mean, and, yeah.
1: Even if you are single, like you're obviously a part of a community, mm-hmm. um, yeah, exactly. Or, or you're ministering to people. But I just thought it was great that you brought up that point. It's like there's two options here: you you get married and have a family and serve God, or you're single and serve God. Like mm-hmm. there's there's no there's no other option. But um, I just I really do think that you know at the foundation of this all, you know, it is the parents, and so mm-hmm. I think we need to start there and really just take a look here at marriage and and obviously. Maddie Grace and I cannot be claimed to be experts on this because we are both not married. Um, But uh, just just simply from some biblical biblical ideas um, and and concepts from you know of of biblical femininity and masculinity, um, I just think it's really beautiful when you see God's design for marriage and you see how God's design for each human being plays into that. Um, you know, men and women, we've talked about this a lot before, especially on the women's side. But men and women are created uniquely with different roles, different jobs, different gifts that he's given us. um and that makes the family stronger. Like it makes the couple stronger. It makes society stronger when we both live to our full potential and our differences, but we complement one another um, in those differences as well. And so, whereas a man is called to lead the family and to provide for his family, and to lead the family, women are called to come alongside and support and, and also like take care of the family Mm -hmm. and, and, and be that helper for, for the husband. Um, men are, you know, in Ephesians, men are called to, uh, sacrifice themselves as Christ sacrificed Mm -hmm. himself, sacrificed himself for the church, um, kind of emulate that in a sacrificial Mm -hmm. way to his wife. And, you know, wives are supposed to submit to their authority, just like, God or Jesus submitted to the authority of of God. So, you know that that there's just these basic concepts in um in the Bible that I think are really beautiful when you just take a deeper look and just see how God is you know specially crafted and formulated all of us to 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 live this way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and he just he talks about family and marriage so much in the Bible. I mean, Matthew 19, um he says, "For this reason, um Um, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And it says that multiple times in the Bible. Um, But therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. That's exactly what is happening nowadays. People are trying to separate it. And, you know, just as Chloe was talking about how God has given men and women, husbands and wives, these specific roles to make a harmonious and cohesive marriage for him, you know, that's, I think that is such a large part of why people nowadays have a problem with the nuclear family, with this Mm -hmm, traditional structural family that has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I mean, there's a reason that husband, wife, children has been the family unit since the beginning. Like yes, God made it that way. Like it they, is his structure exactly. Of, of and the, now people society. are trying to separate it just like we were warned in the mm-hmm. Bible. And what's crazy to me is like the article I mentioned earlier and you know a lot of other articles as well and people they'll tell you that this idea of the nuclear family just came around the last 100 years or maybe it came around in the 50s or they'll make some claim mm-hmm. like that. And it's just so hard for me to take the rest of their argument seriously when they so obviously don't know what they're talking about because Mm -hmm. even if you even you know even if you're so far you don't believe in christ or you don't believe in the bible whatever it may be if you look at the bible and its other documents historically like from a historical perspective like it was there whether you agree with whether you're christian or not it was there um like and it's it's always been
1: proven to be mm -hmm. the best option for society exactly um just recently in my History of American Founding Class with Dr. Berzer, we was uh, we just talked about the Puritans because, uh, you know, this is kind of the foundation of American society. But um, it's just really beautiful um, society here. O- obviously, Puritans were not perfect and they had a lot of issues with their society, but there were a lot of really beautiful things as well. Um, but their, their family, like the community structure was families. Like if you were not married, like they just, they like, they were really suspicious of you. They were like, what are you, why are you not married and Mm -hmm. have children? Um, You know, and like, obviously the Puritans could be um, seen as very legalistic and in a lot of ways they were. I think by the time Jonathan Edwards comes along, there's just this really beautiful idea of society. But I mean, you just see these, these couples that, these couples and these huge families, I mean, nine, 10, 11 children each, um, which is quite incredible. I mean, they're living on very primitive, primitive circumstances you know, in, in the wilderness, um, you know, in a new world where there's not like a ton of like a ton of uh, knowledge about what land they're living on. It's it's all new. But um, the family structure was so important to the Puritans and their entire society was built off of it. And they cared for one another. I mean, the, the the family was like the the welfare society and they were the ones that took care of the poor and the families were the ones that took care of those that were single. If you were single and like you didn't get married, they would like, have you be adopted into some other family to like help them. Um, and I just thought that was so beautiful. Like they really, you know, saw this ideal, um, and, and really structured their communities off of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I just think it's really beautiful.
0: I think, um, one thing you just, like Chloe said, looking at all these examples over time, for some reason, one that popped into my head was, um, the Ingalls family from Little House on the Prairie. I love Little House on the Prairie. I mean, just like reading that whole series too, coming like at, it at a different point in time, they, that family went through so many things, but they're, they stuck together as a family and mm-hmm. that is what got them through it. And I think maybe a lot of times people think of the nuclear family nowadays too. I don't know if they just have the wrong impression of it or anything like that, but there's, I don't know. It's just, I guess- you don't have to be living on a farm with no technology and be not allowed yeah, to leave. Like yeah. I think there's a very like legalistic view of mm-hmm. it, when really that's not the truth at all.
1: Right. Um, I mean, everyone's called a different different yes. things and, and different gifts and, and stuff. I think but- when it
0: comes down to it, this like you know we were discussing in the education movement. Um, those our past three episodes we did on education, which were definitely go check them out if you haven't yet. But what it comes down to is people who don't realize what they're arguing for or don't fully understand the context Mm -hmm. or the history or the intent all of these things it's really just like a layer of ignorance Mm -hmm. that they don't know is there
1: yeah i think it's important to note that you know we live in a sinful world and and families are are continually marred by by sinful actions of both the mother and the father uh, of the children and and so we just kind of wanted to lay this foundation here for for the series upcoming here. We, we talked a little bit about marriage. We've talked a little about, a bit about the history of, of where the family is established. We see that in Genesis um, 1 and 2. But um, we just kind of wanted to set the scene here a little bit. Uh, there's, we're going to be talking about the attacks on the family. We're going to be talking about some of the historical examples of the family. Um, and 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 go back to, you know, why uh, the family is under attack right now. and. Mm-hmm. And what we can do to be uh, continually supporting a society that um, loves the Lord, you know, and is is serving God no matter what um, through the family structure. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. We are so excited to be getting back into recording for y'all. We're super excited about this upcoming series. I hope that this kind of whets your appetite a little bit for
0: what's coming up. And we're so we're so excited and thankful. Yes, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're so excited to give you these next couple of series and lead into these modern problems. So as always, my name is Chloe Noller. And I'm Mattingly Watson. And this is Fact of Life. The Fact of Life podcast can be found at at Fact of Life podcast on Instagram or at Fact of Life pod on Twitter. Reach out to the host at factoflifepodcast at gmail.com or send a message on Instagram or Twitter. Listen to The Fact of Life anywhere you get your podcasts, especially right here on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on The Fact of Life.